Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Super Rugby podcast with your hosts, Damien Warren and Toby Harris. Toby, 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 Toby. Toby, Toby, Toby. Oh, sorry, Damien, Damien, Damien. It's been, I think it's been a great weekend of rugby. A lot has happened. There were some ups, there were some downs, there were some tries, and there were some referees. Fiji were back. Fiji were back. How good's that? I think the most entertaining. Feature of the weekend has been the refereeing, Ooh. which is always good, isn't it? When the referee takes the limelight. Do you mean a joke? <laughs> um, so anyway, it's been a really good weekend of rugby, but we must give ourselves the shortest plug ever on the history of the podcast. So read below. And say read below if you'd like to get hold of us. But Five we, star reviews. We love it when you get hold of us, don't yes. we, Tobes? Well, love it. Love it when you send in messages, not get a hold N- of us. Nice one. Nice messages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not so keen on those nasty messages have that we, we had. Ca- nasty messages? Of course we have. Really? Yeah, like Damo. Damo it's not smells. a forehead anymore, it's a five head. Oh, yeah, but that's just me. <laughs> oh, that's on you. The show. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to kick us off today, yes, mate, with I the breaking do. news? I do. So, my first breaking news is England's final game, and it was the final of the Autumn International Cup. Sorry, Autumn Nations Cup. And. Um, it went to extra time. Um, first half was a bit dull. Well, no, first um, half, the French were amazing. No, 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 no. Let me finish. First half of the extra time. Oh. <laughs> England could have won it. Blah, 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 blah. Owen Farrell once was a good kicker. Now he's like a Kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> this was actually a, quite a good game. As a neutral to watch, it was a great game. You know, we're not are we neutral? I don't think we really are neutral. No, we want to see. No, England no, but that's lose. why. That's why I said <laughs> it was really good for to watch if you were a neutral. Yes, but you know, first half the young French team, fantastic, played with no fear. Played no. with no fear against 
a good England team. A very good yeah, England you know, team, yeah. Uh, World Cup finalists uh, the previous year. And then, you know, a couple of dubious uh, refereeing decisions led to extra time. Um, but in all honesty, England should have won it. Yeah, I mean, I think the big story of the weekend is Owen Farrell misses a kick type thing. And yeah, he, he, he looks shaky. He looks shaky on the tee. He missed a lot. There's a couple of things in his technique where he has a slight tendency when I'm watching. I'm thinking, he's going to pull this, he's going to pull this. And most of the time, 90% of the time, he doesn't pull it. No. But we did start to see him pulling that ball. And once you start pulling it, it's hard to and go it's all back. about his balance. So he's yeah. kind of not. He's did not. He get a head knock. He did have a bit of a um, a graze on his lip, but then I think it might have been, I don't know, halfway through the first half. I think it was either you know he went in for a tackle or he got tackled, mm. and he looked a bit sort of wobbly when he came up. Maybe Whether that, was, that it. was maybe got winded, something else. But he slotted like you it. Say, his he balance. He slotted it in the end, though, didn't he? I mean. It was an it easy was, kick. It wasn't a hard kick. No. But a lot no. of pressure. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Talking about pressure, Scotty Robinson, he uh, loves the pressure, and he's really keen to be put into the pressure cooker of the British Lions. And he's reported back saying it is highly likely that he's going to join Warren Gatlin's coaching staff. So what's he going to do, though? Is he just going to be a shadow? Well, he has kind of said that it's promising. He He's not talking about being an assistant coach, but he's talking about being some way involved. And going a little bit deeper, it looks like the game that the British Lions are going to play in L- London at Twickenham okay. before they go to South Africa, right? he's going to be part of that coaching group. Right. And then he's going to go with the team. Who are the Lions playing? Now. Are they playing like a mixture of, or are they playing like an England team? I or think, are they playing they a playing, French team? I think or? they're playing, or I, I'm, I'm a little bit shaken in this, but I believe they're playing Japan at Twickenham before the trip they go away. I could be wrong on that, but they are playing at one of those teams a team like that now okay. it can't obviously be it could be france but i don't think it is i think it is japan they're going to play them at twickenham or it could be they're going to play the barbarians or something along those lines <laughs> anyway i'm making a right hash they you might are. as well just play scotland because no none of the scottish are going to be in the team anyway but he's going to join up with it and then he's going to go forward on the trip but in what capacity I couldn't tell you. No. What I think is really interesting is, is this the start of maybe seeing something like Warren Gatlin potentially coming in, taking over the AB's role, and then Scotty Robinson being an assistant coach with the AB's? Because that would be a very exciting partnership. Or potentially the other way around, Scotty Robinson's the head coach and and Warren Gatlin comes in and Beezus his assistant Either way, it's an exciting prospect. Wow. I just, I'd just like to know. I mean, it's great for a CV, obviously. But what's it going to look like from other coaches or even the players' 
in the squad? If I was one of the sort of um, home nation coaches, I wouldn't be impressed. No. Because all he's going to do is he's going to learn how they all coach all their ideas and he's going to take it back to New Zealand. Fantastic. Because Scotty Robinson, I would imagine if things go the way that they could go, will definitely be back in the mix again this time next year. And this is all going to come after the British Lions and have finished up and gone home. So he could put him in a great position to be coaching the All Blacks against the English. He's going to know all the players. He's going to know all their systems, things like that. That IP is going to be pretty valuable if he does get the All Blacks job. It definitely makes him far more... Popular, or not popular, a popular but... Cho- a, a, a more yeah. impressive choice yeah. going away and, and coaching with the British and Irish Lions, that's for sure. Right, mate. Uh, so, again, mine is... And I think this is, you know, a headline that we've actually seen before. Australia missed last-minute penalty. Yeah, we have. They missed the last-minute penalty last against minute. New Zealand. <laughs> New Zealand and Wellington... Um, Again, they had their chances in their first draw, um, or sorry, their second draw against Argentina. And their third draw. And then the third draw against Argentina. No, the, the, so... So the first draw was against New us. Zealand. Yeah. yeah. And then they've drawn two more against Argentina. That's, that's what I just said, yeah. Have they so, has they've won one game? So have Australia won one? won one game, drew one game, lost one game. Argentina won one game. Drew one game, but so lost one game. have Australia only won? No, they one drew game two. Yes, in this whole year. Yes, that's pretty bad, hey. So same with Argentina. Yeah, but Argentina have had way less games because obviously they didn't play New Zealand. True. Beforehand, True. isn't it? You know, Dave Rennie. I mean, to be fair to Dave Rennie, I would imagine. If they said to Dave Rennie, you can take a win, three draws. Two draws. Or, yeah, if you could take so a win, draws, yeah. if you take a win and a draw against New Zealand, he'd probably snap your hand off. Yeah. And then if you knew how good Argentina were going to be and say you draw twice with them but not lose, you'd also probably take that as well. Yeah. Interesting, eh? Yeah. Really interesting. Because, you know, let's be honest, Australia were in... Die straight. So Agreed. the fact that he's actually only lost mm. two, is it three games this season is not bad, actually, from an Australian point of view, is it? But, but yeah, I mean, you know, they could have won. They could have won all those games. They could have won know. all three. Could they have set up for a drop goal? I think in every game that they've played, I don't think in that last game watching it, there was ever a really good chance for a drop goal. They never were that close. But definitely in the New Zealand game yeah. and in the Argentinian game, the first, the, the first one, one yeah. they could have gone for the drop goal. They're not the drop goaling team, though. They're like New Zealand. They just don't do it, do no, they? No, they're not and horses. fair play to them. Yeah, you know, I agree. I agree. But, you know, when have we seen three draws in the space of, let's say, 10 test matches? They say you it's hardly like, ever see it, eh? They say it's like kissing your sister. You would have, should have learned from the first one. 
Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> Ugly, but you take it. If it's like kissing your sister, you're a weirdo because you kiss her three times now. <laughs> Once can be excused. <laughs> no, it can't. It can't. Village. Village. Uh, I think it's going to be really exciting, this next story, with Liam Squire coming back to New Zealand. What a class player. The only problem is he's had a hip replacement. <laughs> Has he really? Well, he's, he's had hip surgery, oh knee surgery. Gosh. So he might be coming back a bit of a wounded uh, beast, but he is a heck of a specimen, isn't he? And and we talk about... Well, he was not All Black, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and you, we talk about needing some size and some grunt. Well, he's going to bring that size and grunt, he's isn't he? He's a niggly player. He's a big unit. He's a strong unit. He's an aggressive player. Yes. He's going to be that enforcer for the uh, Highlanders, that's yeah. for sure. And well, I'm glad to see him back. And he still wants to play test rugby as well. Quality. How old is he? Well, he's not going to be... Uh, oh, no, that's that's not him. <laughs> I love how you ask questions that you know I don't know the answer to. And then <laughs> oh, you go, hang on, go. hang on, I'll just have a look. He's twenty. He's 29 years old. Gosh, that's not old, is it? No, not old at all. You think he's going to be still easily in the mix for the World Cup, isn't he? Easily oh, in the mix yeah. for the World Cup. Do you just think that... Do you think that he'll make it back into the ABs? Where would you play him if he did? Definitely going to be he a could go number six bench player, isn't he? Him off the bench would be great. We That'd talk about having a powerful bench. Could you? Could you? Here's a thought: You could either start him on the bench, or you could start him at six, and Adi Surveyor at eight. Or would you go? Hoskins at eight. Listen, we're going to talk Listen. about this later, aren't we? Let's we? not. Let's not. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, village from me. <laughs> so, um, stop laughing at me, Sorry. man. It's not fun. It's bullying. You do it every week. <laughs> it's fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Springboks hard man. Bucky's Botha. I'm, I'm, hey. I'm I'm with the story. What a thug! Yeah, you talk about Liam Squire being a thug. Oh, Liam, guy, you can't hold go. a candle to Bucky's water. So Bucky's has uh, labelled Richie McCaw as his toughest opponent. Okay, I find this funny. Eh? No one's tough compared to Bucky's water. The he man, was, oh, the he man, he was, was huge. Anyway, so um. Every time they played the All Blacks and Richie McCaw, he's quoted, make the breakdown brutal. So they just tried to hurt people. Brutal. They've just tried to fly in there. There's, there are quite a few videos of him going in head first, like head-butting people oh, yeah. at the breakdown. Leading elbow, leading shoulder. Fantastic. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it back. He, the, but we the, did chat about this the other day, didn't we? It was uh, who was the referee? Was it Nigel Owens who said that Richie McCaw was the yeah. toughest player yeah. he'd ever refereed? And you know, here's someone else seconding. It. Do you think that Bucky's Borta would survive in today's rugby? Just get red I'm all not the time. sure whether or not you can be a true enforcer anymore. You know, because we're going back and we're saying, 
Brad Thorne. Yeah. Not Ruben. Brad. No. Yeah. Bucky's Balter. You know, yeah. these guys, they did things that... Jerry Collins. The late Jerry Collins. Yeah. You know, these guys, they did things that they roughed up opposition. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like Well, the rubbing... picture that I've got on the screen here. Yeah, but that's kind of what you get away with these days. But these guys, as you say, they go into rucks and they, they did things that you shouldn't do. Whereas you just can't, you know... You won't get away with it. We're seeing over the weekend, you can't yeah. get away with literally anything these mm. days. And I'm not sure whether or not I'm... I like I like having a place for guys like Bucky's Balter. It's like when I was at school, you were always fearful of your teachers. Yeah. Even though they never raised a hand to you, you always were worried... Yes. ...that they could... And Bucky's balter is a bit like that. You, he never really did anything, but you always thought he could. <laughs> yeah, but nowadays you shouldn't be really scared of anyone. Only their size. Yes. They're f- yeah. They could hurt you with a... A tackle. A tackle or a, or, a, or just smashing into you because yeah. they're 24 stone <laughs> absolute mutants. Man mountains. Talking about refereeing, we have to bring into this uh, referee Andrew Brace was subjected to appalling online abuse in wake of Autumn Nations Cup final and I don't care we're going to go into this a little bit later I don't care whether or not you think he did a good job a bad job an average job or whatever I don't care if you blame the touchies or the third official these people that go online and slag them off and start saying things about their family in my opinion Scum of the earth. Scum of the earth. But, you know, they it's because they've got nothing else to do. They're literally bored, so they go, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this guy look like an idiot. But yeah, I mean... In reality, they, they're the people that, like you say, scum of the earth, they're the people that look like the idiot. Absolutely. I mean, and don't get me wrong, we, we, we like to call it as it is. If we don't think a player's <coughs> played well, we don't yeah, think... but we're not doing it... But know, we're not we're, talking about someone's family. No, God, no. We're talking about their decisions, not him as a bloke. I'm sure he's a nice guy. And I'm he's sure probably a Andrew, lovely guy. Mr. Brace. Massive match that. Huge. Have you ever heard of Andrew Brace? I've seen him referee a couple of times. Didn't know that it was his name, though. Okay. Let's go into the, the refereeing of that game. And there was some things that were missed. What I would say is Andrew Brace is one of a team of four. Yeah. There's a couple of decisions that were missed that he's been blamed for. And very, very, very obviously, it needed to be called by the touch judge. No touch judge flag. We've both refereed rugby games. Yes. Without good touch judges... Well, you can't see anything. You you can't see a lot. No. You know, it's a very, very tough game to referee. Mm -hmm. And I keep going back to the point, which is this. Let's get away... Let's just get away with all of this stuff and say the referees make a decision. If the players and the captain have got a problem with it, they challenge the decision. Yeah, I agree. If you looked at that, if a player feels hard done by, they say, I'm going to use one of my reviews. And if they're proved to be right, they keep their review. What if they're proved to be wrong? What happens then? Free they kick lose. or they lose. They lose their review. Okay. And uh, let's say they get... Um, a free kick against them or a scrum back there. Okay. Okay. But what if but the, you know, the you're, play's you're got to finish? The play's got to finish. Play's got to finish for them to to okay. appeal it. Okay. So you probably just restart with whichever way it is. Okay. So what if let's say the end is a try? Yeah. And I go, no, I want to review it. Absolutely, you can review it. And 
if it comes back. Yeah, you need to say something like, listen, there was a knock on. There was a knock on back at the. Let's say it wasn't a knock on. Yeah, then try stands. So try stands. So everything else after that still stands unless something happened. Okay, so let's have a look at this. There was a situation on the weekend, right at the end of the game. Owen Farrell knocks the ball forward. Referees don't see it or don't thing. The French get penalised. Kicked into the corner and they score. So at that point, they've been penalised. The French say, I'm really sorry, you've missed a knock-on there. And they go upstairs and they check it and it's like, right, you've missed a knock-on, scrum down. French ball. Yeah. There was also another one. There was a few. Where it was an extra time. Yeah. I think it was the start of the second half. And um, Frenchie's gone up, hasn't touched it. Yeah. Ball yeah. goes back. Yeah. Looks like the French get a penalty. He brings it back for a French knock-on. Yeah. Why doesn't you know that's a that's a big call, massive call. And and these again, <coughs> you throw it over to the players. Yeah. And what's going to happen is that if the players have seen it, they're going to go to their captain and say, "There's definitely a knock-on yes. there." Yeah. Right. The game's going to speed up because the referees have to make a decision. Is it a try? Is it not a try? Do they see it over the line? Do they not see it over the line? The players are going to have to be honest because there's no point reviewing if they know it's held up. No. They're only going to review if they know they've got it down. And if if the video ref can't tell, then then they shouldn't lose their review. But does... The, the on-field try or, or no try would stand. stand. So the referee okay. says, try there. Yeah. The opposition come up and say, we held it up. Okay, and then goes, he goes upstairs. Goes upstairs, and if they can't tell whether it was held because up or down, fair, online. The referees still do that. Absolutely. Look, we've got a demo. We've got an on-field try. Yep. But can you just check for anything, please? Absolutely, and that shouldn't happen. So the referee says, try there, and it's up to the captain to say, we either were, so want to review it or not. Official. What What is the man upstairs? Well, that's when the captain asks for it. <laughs> okay. Captain says, "What I about foul play?" I think foul play could be still done by the fourth official. Okay. But again, if you've been punched in the face, then you're going to say, "We got to review. They got punched in the face, mate." Yeah, yeah, I get you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think it would speed up the game, would make the game way more interesting. And it would improve the refereeing because the referees would get very used to the fact that they'd have to referee what they see. Yeah. Like cricket umpires, they referee what they see, they umpire what they see, and the quality of, of umpiring has gone through the roof yeah. since being bring this in. Yeah. The problem with rugby is they literally check every try. Yeah, they do. And it slows down the game, it adds time, and it also adds frustration for me and you and the guys playing. Yeah, well, they score a try and then they can't celebrate fully. It's like VAR in football. Yeah. They score yeah. a goal and then you're like, well, I'm not going to celebrate. Because I don't know yet. Because it might not be a, a goal. Absolutely. And then 10 yeah. minutes later, oh, yeah, it's a goal. Oh, fantastic. And and we also know that how often do they get it wrong? So the rugby laws aren't the clearest at times. No. And even when you know the law of the ball leaves the hands backwards, they still seem to get it I wrong. I know. Anyway, we've so, talked about that way too long. I've yeah. heard your voice already too much. Last story, mate, is uh, Moana Pacifica. This team that's going to come out, people are starting to say it's a great idea, and we saw on the weekend it was a fantastic fixture. 
but who is going to pay the players? That is a massive thing because as we know, is there any money in Fiji rugby? No. Is there money in Samoan rugby? No. No. Is there money in Tongan rugby? So who's going to pay them? It's going to have to be world rugby. So there's a lot to get through. But would world rugby pay for it? No, I I don't think. I think if if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be funded by New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. And I can't see Australia putting their hands in their pockets. And I can't see how New Zealand's going to have enough money to put their hands in their pockets. So it's going to be hugely interesting. And as we know, the Fiji, the Tonga, the Samoan. How much money do you think you need? Well, if you're going to get decent players, and that's the problem. You know, you look at how much Simi Randradra is getting paid overseas. Yeah, but he's not going to come back, is he? He's not going to come back. So if you have young young guys coming through academies, then yeah. you've got half a chance. But even those guys are going overseas. How much do you think you need? A million? I think you need to match the New Zealand Super Rugby contract system, which is three and a half million, up to four million per team. Could they get a private... That's what people are saying. They basically need to find a private equity um, benefactor who's going to fund it. Yeah. But uh, Could Japan step in and then they could bring people Japan didn't even fund. That was funded by Sansa. Oh, was it? So the... Wow. Didn't know that. Yeah, the Sunwolves were funded by Sansa and... Basically, Sansa said, listen, we'll fund you for a while, but then the right. Japanese rugby union, you've got to fund it. The Japanese rugby union said no. Why? I don't know. I mean, I think the Sunwolves were fantastic, yeah, they and they were. were just starting to hit their, stride. hit their strides. And I think this um, Pacifica team could be awesome. Yeah. And it could be great for the island's rugby. And it did show how they can come together and play some good rugby. I mean, we saw Fiji on Saturday play some great rugby. Yeah. Want to see more of it, don't Definitely. we? Definitely. Want to see more of it. So let's 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 hope that they can find someone to pay for it. And if not, I do think the New Zealand RFU need to put their hand in their pocket and get them off to a start if that's what it takes. Tough. Tough. That's what it takes. Yeah. Mate, results from the weekend. Yes. Do you uh, want to cover the first one? Māori All Blacks uh, beat Moana Pacifica 28-21. Close game, that. Very close game. Slowest first <laughs> half, and then Not it was great. brilliant what was second it nine, half. Uh, Pacific team, they they were 9-7 up at half time. So then it, it opened up in the second half. And it was a, it was a, it was a pretty good game from yeah. the point of view of it went right down to the wire, didn't it? And both good teams. The New Zealand Maori team were impressive. Yeah. And for the... Pacifica side to come together. You know, you think these these Maori All Blacks, they've been playing together for a while. And, you know, over the years, the Pacifica team have just come together. They've yeah, only had a week. Almost like a barbarian team, aren't Absolutely they? Absolutely fantastic. And Good l- to see Liam Messon back. Oh, great to see Liam Messon back, eh? It wasn't it, though? How young does he look? Yeah, he looks refreshed. He could, he could play on for a number of years, I think. They're talking about that might have been his last game. No. Can't, can't see be. it. Can't he's going to play like third of, you know, West Coast, East Coast type thing, isn't he? No, nah, he's not. 
poverty bay, won't he? In Gizzo. That's Village. the type of he's just gonna end Village. up playing in that league. I nah. bet you he will. I just reckon he loves rugby. He loves rugby. He loves rugby, yeah. Um England versus France. Uh twenty one nineteen to England. Extra time. Six yeah. three a uh, six points to thirteen at half time. Yeah. And and then it was thirteen points to six in the second half. Literally reversal. Reversal. Um Wales Can I just can I just say on that? Yes you can. Jelly Baby from from the French ten. <laughs> Jelly Baby. <laughs> Jelly he did Bear. Step in, Jelly didn't Bear. He? Third choice. Third choice. He was team. awesome. He was good. Yeah. He was actually awesome. I mean, I thought the French were awesome. I thought they were so good. I was expecting them to get absolutely done over like a dog's dinner. Well, they were supposed to. Yeah. The Through. prediction was by, was it 19-point win yeah, to um, the English? Well, I, I, I had England way more than that. But anyway, we'll go into a little bit more detail. Yes. Uh, Wales beat Italy 38-18. Halftime there was 14-13 to Wales. Wow. Uh, Ireland against Scotland, 31-16. They sort of ran away with it in the second half, didn't they? And then Fiji versus uh, Georgia, 38-24, which was a high-scoring game. Yeah, I love Fiji. <laughs> I, love, I love them. They were awesome. They, they, they made everyone else embarrassed that they'd played so dull and boring yeah. rugby for weeks on end. But it was funny. They play one game and they didn't get last in the competition. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in a hotel room for four weeks. Oh, man. Uh, and then... Hey, do you want to hear my joke? Do you hear my joke? No. And then Australia versus Argentina. There's another joke. 16 all. Listen, 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 oh, listen, listen. here we go, for right. God's sake. Four Kiwis. Yep. Two South Africans. Yeah. And a few Irishmen walk into a bar. Okay. What does the barman say? What's that? Well done on your selection to the island rugby team. Do you like that? <laughs> Village. Um, was that your joke? 25. Oh, was that your <laughs> joke? That was absolutely diabolical. 25 Fijians walking to a bar. I think what what we the, need, <laughs> I just, 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 25 Fijians walking to a bar. What's the barman say? What? Aren't you guys isolating? Oh, <laughs> I tell you what, what I, one of us needs to swear right now, so then you've got to cut out that whole block. That was village. Mate, everyone at that home. That was village with a capital every, V. Everyone at home is laughing at the moment. No, they, no, no, they're not. They are. If this almost like this is my Christmas joke. Right? Oh. <laughs> okay, right. Curry cup. We've moved on to the curry cup. Damien. No, we haven't. You've missed Australia versus Argentina. I think you'll find that. I didn't. Are you going to come back to that? No. I've already said the score. Oh, you're right. 16 all. Happy <laughs> days. Moving on. Uh, Lions beat Western Province. 22-19. Very close. Bulls beat the Cheetahs. 40 points to 13. And the Pumas beat the Griquas. Come on, the Griquas. 22-17. Couple they of things about that is the Lions. They didn't win. That's an impressive win there because the Lions only just beat the Griquas last week. Yeah, they did. So Scraping the Lions through. getting that win is massive. The Western Province or the Stormers are underachieving big time. Yeah, uh, the Bulls and the Cheetahs thirteen all at half time. Yeah, twenty seven nil second half to the Bulls. That's impressive. Yeah, impressive from probably you'd say the Cheetahs first half. Yeah. 
we expect the Bulls to beat them. Yes, well, yeah. In that. So, Toby, what caught your eye? Well, what caught my ears, Damien, was that revolting joke. <laughs> and it, the the funny thing was is that you backed it up with another stupid <laughs> joke. You know, oh, yeah, I'm going to try and make it better. I'm gonna, oh, no, I've just dug myself a deeper hole. I don't know what you're talking about. Awful. I loved it. Awful. I thought I was, I thought I was, you know, sort of Michael so, McIntyre funny. G- no, gosh, no. So going back uh, to what we were talking about earlier about the referees, you know, how did they miss? So they, there was two knock-ons in the process or in the lead-up to England getting that penalty where they kicked to the corner, they got a line out, and then um, they scored. So there was one earlier on on the other side. Yeah. They spread the ball wide. Yeah. Two in a row. Billy Vinopola yeah. and Owen Farrell. Yes. And Owen Farrell, Owen Farrell's was blatant. Owen Farrell's was like, like he lost it, it forward by it, a metre. But it should have been a, a penalty to France because yeah. he's knocked it on. Ball's and out. Then, and then he's played it on the floor yep. to bring it back in. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with you. How did they miss it? But also, over the weekend... You know, four, four of them. Two yellow cards yeah. in the Aussie-Argentina match yes. for over-vigorous clearing out. Yes. Do you agree with the yellow? Do you know what I agree with? I agree There's there was one on the weekend, Ireland versus Scotland, and Hogg goes down real low, and he absolutely gets banjoed off the ball, and it's, it's awful. In fact, on the Twitter, um, happiness is egg-shaped. A little shout out for happiness is egg shape. Put it on, and it's it's revolting. Is it bad? It's everything I do not like about the refereeing of the breakdown. Okay, because they literally clear him off the ball and fold him into uh, origami. Oh, uh-huh. you know someone's going to break their back. Yeah. Someone's going to break their neck. Or no good. Ping both hamstrings, kind of thing. Yeah. Best case scenario. Yeah. What we saw on the weekend is I I disagree with. You've got a player going down. You've got players clearing them out. They're trying to stay on their feet, yeah. and that's the most important thing. I'm happy with that. Yeah. And I think both yellow cards did not need to be given, and I wouldn't even say they're penalties. I'd say that most most What about rucks, with the contact with the head, though? Yeah, I just think that's a little bit of that is down to the – it's very difficult not to make contact yeah. with the head in that thing. And it's the – I know this is – I know we've got to protect the player, but the players have to start to protect, protecting themselves. Yeah, and they're if they're going themselves in, in those positions, and it then means that the attacking team have to do. I just think that there's too much given to the defending team at yeah. the moment. No clear offside lines being refereed. No, and <clears throat> this poacher coming in very quickly and going so low so that their head is lower than their hips means that what else do you go for? For me, as long as they clear and don't put that player onto the ground, I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, yes, they've got to use their arms and whatnot, but it's very difficult when you're clearing someone out to use both arms. And yeah, and but I you think, almost need to, you know, if they've got their head down, you almost need to get them around that waist area or chest area, and you've just got to roll them away. Yes, but I the, mean, the time, a lot of time that that takes, really hard. the time that that takes to do that means that. The so way you that they're being with your shoulder, a little bit, yeah. yeah. As long as you stay on your feet, yes. If you go off, if you off, go, off your feet, yeah. 
I think that's dangerous. But we've seen a lot of that, actually. You know, you're going straight over the ball, and then the penalty goes to the defending team. Yeah. Which is fair enough, because you're sealing off the ball, and you're just pretty much flying at people's ankles. Yeah. I just think that it's an area that they do need to clear up. One of the ways to get around it for me is only the tackle and jackal for the ball. And if you did that, then they would give you that split second ad, uh, you know, advantage to the attacking team where you can get over the ball a bit quicker than the defending team. The first thing that caught my eye was Nadolo. Nadolo, what a unit. He's a fridge. I just think legs. the whole Fijian team are units. There's one that's on on the team called the bus. <laughs> There's Nadolo, <laughs> who must be, as you say, the fridge, um, or the double decker. You've, I mean, I thought they were great. I just think the Fijian team, considering what they've gone through, I know it was Georgia, but what a shame that they haven't played against all the other teams. I wonder how they would have gone. I reckon they would have done a good job against uh, Wales. Yeah. Scotland. Scotland and Ireland. I'm not saying they would have won all those games, but I definitely think they would have beaten Wales. They would have been in it. And they could have beaten another, maybe Ireland or Scotland. They would have beaten Italy, I reckon. Definitely would have beaten Italy. 100% they obviously did beat Georgia. I don't think they'd beat France or England. I think they would beat England. They're not going to beat England. We want them to beat England, but they're not yeah, going to beat no, them. they're not. They're not. So, for me, Nadolo, three tries. And the funniest one was his last one where the open side flanker from Georgia was like, pretty much like, come through. <laughs> Here's no, the try line. No, thank you. Imagine <laughs> trying to tackle him, though. He's an absolute monster, eh? He really, He was amazing when he played for the Crusaders. Oh, he was so good. Yeah, it was brilliant. Why did he leave? Money, eh? So where's he playing now? France, France yeah. Yeah, he's playing in France. God. Earning the big bucks. Yeah, he will be. It's eh? pretty pretty close to the end of his kind of career, though, yeah, I'd, true. I'd say. And he's put on... Has he put on quite he's a He's put on a quite low way. I think he's lost a little bit All that recently. wine and cheese, eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ah, brilliant. Um, young France impressed me. You Very, know, like yeah. we were saying... It was the third string uh, first five who came on after I'm, I, a while, I, I, didn't he? I call him Jelly Baby. Jelly Baby. Not sure of his name. Um, but again, they played with no fear. Yeah, I mean, I I just presume they're going to get done over like a dog's dinner. Did you see any French players in there that would be in like their starting lineup? Then there was none. There was a completely new team. Wow. They were all young, up-and-coming players. And they were some of them were awesome. I mean, some of them were like proper good players. Yeah. They really, it was just impressive to see. What was midfield. What was awesome to see from a coaching point of view was the fact that they've, all of these other players have gone and the new guys come in and all the systems are the same. Yeah. The defensive line's still quick. It was just really impressive. It was an impressive kind of spectacle to they're see. They're also like sponges though, aren't they? You know, they're young, they want to learn, and they'll take everything in because they're in that environment where they're like, right, I've got I've got a chance here. You know, I've been in the under-20 setup. Can I now push on to the adults 
or to the you know to the first team, mm. so to speak. I think that's so they're trying to learn as much as they can. What's really scary is if you're in that top team that didn't play, and you see those youngsters doing that. What does it make you think? Yeah, you've I, got to step your game up, don't you? I better get in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> I better get which doing is, some sprint training. Which is scary for France. Yeah, isn't? I mean, you know, we all know if competition well, not for scary places, for France, but scary for the rest of the world. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're fighting for your place, you're going to fight harder. Yeah. And with only two years to the World Cup, if they're fighting hard for two years, in two years they're going to be, wow, how good. You know, Roman Intermax thinking, oh, I thought my place was secure, yeah. and then old Jelly Baby turns up. Why he was good? But even the first guy was good. Yeah. Ah, oh, you know, brilliant, brilliant. I've got here. We've already spoken about the clear out cards. Um, Ireland. I thought for the first time that I've seen Ireland, I was impressed by them. They played some running rugby. They had a quick line in defence. But can they do it for 80 minutes? And I don't think they can at the moment. I think what happened before was you had an Ireland who were committed, who had this quick line defence, who played running rugby and could do it for the whole game. Whereas this Ireland team can do it for... 40, 50 minutes. Yeah. And you look at the best teams in the world, those being France at the moment, South Africa, obviously they haven't played this year, and England, and all of those three teams tend to stick to their game plans now for the full 80. Yeah. Something that New Zealand has failed to do this season. They've had good halves, but not good 80s or 90 minutes. So I would say if Ireland can raise that standard up, I think, yeah, they've got something they've there. They've got a lot of potential there, They've got don't a lot they? of potential, yeah. And you look, they're actually, they don't really have any weaknesses. No. They just aren't as strong with the ball in hand yeah. as they have been in the past when it comes to forward ball carriers. And if they can find some additional ball carriers in the, that forward pack, they will be a force moving forward. Okay, now I don't know the statistic on this, but I'm sure someone can tell me. Uh, not you, obviously. <laughs> um, but the kicks from hand in that France-England game was unbearable. Okay, so you had 45 kicks from oh, England. can tell me. <laughs> How do you know 45 that? 45 kicks from England and 42 kicks from France. Wow. So 87. It is amazing, isn't it? They just, both teams did not, especially second half. It was literally like, first half England did not want to play at all with the ball on their half. And then second half, France were like, I'm not playing with the ball on our half. that's right. They cancelled each other out. They cancelled each other out. And actually the scores were, you you know, as we know, were a complete reversal as well. Yeah. Again, we go back to this. The team that works out how to make that a weakness. Yeah. You kick us the ball, we're, we're happy for you to kick me the ball. Kick me the ball. We yeah. love it. That's when rugby's going to change again. And it will happen. Everyone's kicking the ball now. The team yeah. that comes up with structures and plays that make teams who kick the ball away pay for it will win rugby and change rugby again. Is that going to be a New Zealand thing? It needs to be. Because... New Zealand are really the only team that I think will be driven to think that way. Yeah. The problem at the moment is, do they have the coaches in place? Or do they have the players? 
I think they've got the players. I, I think they've got the players, especially coming through as well. But like you say, do they have that coaching unit? Do they have that coaching team that can figure it out? Yeah, and I, the reason I'm, I keep going, I know this every week, it's like a fozzy, 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 fozzy. But fozzy had four years to come up, or definitely. British and Irish Lions came to New Zealand. Yeah. They showed us this quick line defence, and he had two and a half years to work out how he was going to basically get around this problem. Did he? No. No. So, is he the right man for the job? No. No. Well, but does that mean that his coaching staff aren't, and maybe they are? Maybe someone in his coaching staff... Or is he going to prove us wrong? Is he going to prove I, us I wrong? I really hope he does. I really hope he does. I'm going to mention two things here, and these are the last two things. Grickwas. Come on, the Grickwas. They need to. Almost won again. It's, is that, it's that kind of, if you get used to winning... You tend to win, like yeah. England. Yes. England have got used to winning. And they're so winning. So on the weekend, they managed to win a tight one. The Griquas are, are, are used to losing. So on e- each and every week, they just don't know how to win. It comes to the bigger question, though. So as you know, the South African teams are going into the Pro 14. And the Cheetahs have been biffed off the Pro 14. Or now it's going to be Pro 16. But who will make the top four? So it'll be really hard for the Grigwas to take it if they end up third. If the you let's say the Lions, yeah, who haven't been playing well, end up fifth, but still make it through to the Pro Fourteen. Well, Pro Sixteen, Pro Sixteen, yeah. Just think, you know, they've missed out for years and years and years, and they're actually showing that they're about as good. As the other teams. Well, it was a bit like the Sunwolves. Yeah, the difference being, though, mate, is is that you've got the Lions, the Western Province, who are the Storm, uh, Stormers, the Bulls. Um, they are all in the Super Rugby competition, yeah. and the Sharks. They're all in the in the Charles Sharks. Whereas the Cheetahs, the Pumas, and the, and the Grickwas, they they have been in yeah. the Pro 14. They've all been displaced and now been superseded by these other teams. Yeah. Will they merge? Well, I imagine the top players will just end up going and playing for yeah. one of those teams, aren't they? They're not going to stick around just for the Curry Cup, I would imagine. But, you, you know, the Mighty 10 Cup, New Zealanders still do it, don't they? Yeah. Plenty New Zealanders only play in that competition, so so yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see who ends up the top four. That is for sure. But we're going to go over now to our listeners' questions. Yes, and we had a great one from David Sally. Tobes, do you want to read that one out? No. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> great show as always. Thanks for asking, answering my question again last episode. God, we seem to be up. Answering a lot of his questions. Oh, David Sally's a legend, isn't he? Is he the new? Is he the new um, Razzler Dazzler? Dazzler. No, nah, there's only one Razzler Dazzler. <laughs> Wash your mouth out with soap. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Much better result this weekend for the ABs. So this question from, was from a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Cool. My question this week is sort of a follow up to the one prior. Having watched the Tri-Nations matches, who should be 
the starting 15 for the All Blacks and who would you select for the reserves? In particular, I don't think the ABs ever really found their ideal backline. Uh, Leonard Brown, Goodhue seem redundant. Uh, Rico, Jordan, arguably both should both start. Mm. Uh, and Geordie is out of is out of position. Yeah, he is. He's not a winner. <laughs> no, he should be. Um, he should be holding playing those, um, ten cup. He should be just sitting on the bench, just holding the oranges, <laughs> holding that uh, water bottle. So we we have Great decided question. here that we're not going to do the reserves today, uh, David. We're going to just do the starting team, and we're going to keep the front row as it is. And I think that All Blacks front row can change, swap and change, and actually doesn't make a lot of difference. If you went Taylor, if you go, um, if you go Cody Taylor or Dane Coles, Dane Coles. Wow. <laughs> thank you, mate. Village. Thank you. Village. It doesn't really matter. I'd Either go one Dane of those, I would go Dane to start. But yeah. I'm just trying to make no, the no, point. No, no, but we're going Dane to start. It doesn't really make too much of a difference. No, well, it does. But here's the big changes. We would definitely go Paddy Tupelo two, yeah, in second row, and we'd go Barrett. Yes. Now, Sam Whitelock would have in the squad, but we wouldn't have him in our match We'd day. have him more of a, a senior role. Yeah. A, Still part of the leadership yeah, group, le- all that type go, thing. A leader of the group. Yeah. But we, would, we wouldn't be playing him in the big test matches. No. We'd be using him to foster the young'uns. Oh, foster. We'd go Artie at six. Yeah. Hosking Satutu at eight. So quite a big change there. And Kane. I liked how Hosking Satutu picked the ball up off the back numerous times when he, he played. He just ate up that space, didn't he? And also, you've got you know, big the, the, ball carriers. You've got Paddy. Yeah. You've got Barrett. You've got Hoskins. Yeah. They're all big ball carriers. And the way that I want the All Blacks to play, you need those big ball carriers. Artie and Kane aren't the biggest ball carriers, but they're no. very effective. Well... Artie is a very effective ball carrier. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's not a big guy, but his leg drive is something else. Now. He makes meters arguably, constantly. You could go for Akiti, Akiti Ioani as well. Akira, yeah. So. What about Squire? I mean, again, Squire coming in there, but um, I don't think he's going to get into this to the test, test match uh, no. in the short term. That's for sure. At nine, we're definitely going to stay with Aaron Smith. Oh, I thought, what about TJ? Nah, mate. Uh, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> now, at 10, you said... I said Richie. And I've said Bowden. So shall we just go down the middle? You have Richie's top half, and I'll take Bodie's. You know, speed. We'll just cut them in half. Um, the reason why I in. went Richie is because Bowden Barrett hasn't played 10 uh, for a long time in the All Blacks jersey. Well. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say that the reason why that's happened is because he's not played 10 for the Blues or the All Blacks. Therefore, he hasn't played 10. Well, there you go. So, so it's not fair. No. Well, why have you picked him then? Because. So you're going to start him there straight away. I'm going to sit the there All and Blacks. say. The All Blacks don't play for a while. 
I'm going to I'm going to play him at ten for the Blues. Okay. okay. Oh, right. He's going to be an absolutely amazing. Cha- no, I've kicked the ball and you've just moved the goalpost. No, post, I'm not man. saying that. I'm saying who would you select for the starting fifteen of the All Blacks? Well, yeah, the next, right now, or yeah, but the next All Blacks game. Okay, so not for the next. Okay, okay. That changes it completely. Oh, okay. I do. I do agree with you. If they play tomorrow, yes, I'd go Richie. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. But I think that Bowden. The blue, what if the Blues don't pick him? Yeah, and that's a problem. It's 10. a real problem because I do think every time he doesn't play ten, Richie becomes a better option. Yeah. Uh, I just like. I I think Richie off the bench would be would be amazing, and then I think Bodie going back to fifteen's fine. But I just think that Bodie. Bodie at 10, I, I can't imagine Richie coming off and then Bodie adding much when the game breaks up. I just imagine when the game breaks up a bit, you, you whip on Richie. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, that he is good like that. Yeah, true. At 12, we've gone for Lamarpe. La 13. Rico. 14. We've gone um, Suvirice. Yeah, love Suvirice. Yeah. Um, on the left wing or the right wing doesn't matter. Clark, yeah, and I've gone Izzy Dag at fullback. Bring him back. He was the best fullback we've had for a while. I think. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Nah, you go Smith, wouldn't you? Oh, every day of the week. Yeah, but 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 they didn't, did they? Do you know? Do you know they who did, I'd they? bring back? Buck. Fuck Shelford? No. <laughs> it's quite good. It's quite funny. Yeah. Funny than your other joke. <laughs> Bring back Cullen. Oh, yeah, Christian. He's still in good nick as well. He no, is. we'd go D-Mac. Yes, we'd go D-Mac. But. but oh, God. Go we on. Could, we could go Bowden Barrett. You could go Bowden Barrett or you could go Will Jordan. <gasps> yeah. Or instead of Civil Reese, you could go Will Jordan. Yeah, do you know what I think about Will Jordan? Everyone's bigging he's, him up. He's brilliant when he comes off the bench in that last, like we saw the last time the All Blacks played. He changed the game. He was at the he was at the right place at the right time. Did he do much? Not really. All he had to do was catch and run. Yeah, but boy, can he, he run! He can run, and he showed he showed he showed more toe than a Roman sandal. Was it the last try though that he he did have quite a big role? He went through that middle of the field it then linked up then they linked up again then then Big Paddy went over that was good but my only criticism with Will Jordan is if you watch that back what you'll find is he goes through the gap and rather than passing the ball it's almost like an afterthought yeah. his pass that he gave out to Barrett uh, this is um, uh, Scott Barrett almost stifled the movement yeah it was a terrible pass, well, he, and that was well, he because he didn't he didn't think about it he really needs enough. He to make the break look and look for support, straight away. And he doesn't. He doesn't. He just goes, and then he sees the defender. Oh, I need to pass it now. Yeah, and that, that's one area of his game. If he can improve, he will be yeah. world class at the back. Because my God, he's fast, eh? Got a lot of toe, mate. So fast off the mark. Yeah. So that's who we're going to go for anyway. Uh, hopefully, David, that answers your question. And maybe next week we'll do our subs. But my question to you, Tobes, is if international rugby teams were school students, who would get a good report card from you? I want you to grade them A, B, C, D. Oh, gosh. New Zealand. Oh, gosh. Uh, New Zealand would get... 
Oh. Uh, good and spell, good and patches, <laughs> behavior could. Uh, I don't know. I'd give them a B probably. All right, B. What about I'd Australia? And you can't go minus. That's just village. B or C? B. B. Australia. Australia, I would go. I would almost go a B as well. I'm going to say B as well. I agree with you. Argentina. Um, oh, they've got to be an A. They've got to be an A. Yeah. England. Oh. <laughs> this hurts you to say it. It's an A, isn't hey, whoa, whoa, it? It's on. an A, hey, mate. It's who, an A. Who is answering the question? <laughs> you are. It would be... Um, it would be um, uh, I would say, I'm How can I say this say. without saying A? <laughs> it would be, uh, has a lot of potential, working really well, but a little shit. <laughs> has a bad attitude, especially yeah. that Owen Farrell. No, they're A. Ireland. Oh, you've said an A. They're yes, an A. Yes. Okay, yes. Ireland, yeah. Ireland would have to be a B. Yeah. Wales would be a C. <laughs> Wales would be a D. Wales would be a D. D. Yeah. D. Wales. <laughs> Poor. <laughs> Needs to change schools. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I would go Scotland probably. Well, they haven't done that badly, but I they think, haven't done that well. No, I think they've got to be maybe a B. Yeah, I'd say a B. Low B. Yeah. France is an A. France is definitely an A. Yeah. Italy. Well, they haven't been bad, but they haven't been good. So, B? B, yeah. B. Georgia. Georgia. They've tried hard. They're that, they're that fat guy in the tree. They were just never in it. Fat guy in the tree? Who's the fat guy in the tree? Oh, I'm the fat guy in the tree. <laughs> no, Georgia is. Georgia is. They just weren't in it, mate. What about Gotta Fiji? Fiji, they've only played one. I'm going to give Fiji a B. You know, coming out of COVID, playing like they did. A B? Good on them. Well, that's, that's really messy writing. And, you know, they've got a good team. Yeah. They've got a good team. And they've got a good coaching setup. Why only a B? Well, because they've only played a game. Yeah, well, they played one game. It Georgia. was fantastic. It's like that kid that Georgia. comes for the last term. Georgia, mate. Yeah, all right. Okay, well, my question to you. If you had to pick a New Zealand player of the year, who would it be? And for me, there's only one person. I agree with you, mate. It's Marty Banks. (laughs) (laughs) Bring back Marty Banks. He's a cult hero. (laughs) He hasn't even played in New Zealand this year, but he's still my player of the year. Brilliant. It's got to be Aaron Smith. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. people are saying Kano, rather than Sam Kane. Yeah, but nah, for me, it's Aaron Smith. I haven't seen him play a bad game for the Highlanders or for the ABs, and I've seen more energy from him this year, and so much like like passion. Like passion. Yeah, I I, just, I love the guy. How he didn't make that shortlist for Player of the Year, I'm well, flabbergasted. He might still do. I mean, that's just what people are saying. It's Sam Kane, Sam Kane, and Sam Kane's been great. He has been great. No, n- but no offense to Sam Kane. I just don't think Sam Kane played well at the start of the year. Aaron Smith has been amazing. Yeah, you know, again for the Chiefs, Sam Kane. 
he did a job, but he wasn't a standout. They lost every single game. Yeah. Yeah, they lost every game. And I know game. it's 15 players on a pitch, but... They lost every game, and the All Blacks have lost some games they should have won. Yeah. And whether we'd like to admit it or not, the captain does play a role Definitely. in a draw. Well, he's, he's a leader, isn't he? Yeah. Set, set the standard for yeah. the rest to follow. I do think he's played well. I do think he's actually captain really well as well. But I think the Aaron way Smith's that... been better. I think that the... The way that he played for the Chiefs was he was quiet for the Chiefs. I think he's been immense for the All Blacks. Yeah. But he's been quiet for the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree. So therefore, Aaron Smith. Yes. Happy days. Great. Right, mate, we've got another question here oh, from one of our again. wonderful listeners. This is Jack. Again. And what, your son? <laughs> uh, okay. Um did the All Blacks not perform to their normal standards because Ian Forster is too scared, Foster, Foster, Foster. Sorry, to, too scared to change anything long term to take risks, making them quite predictable? Since he is only on a two-year contract, he needs results to secure his coaching ahead of the Rugby World Cup. Was he just playing it safe? Uh, yes. He didn't want to drastically change anything because, like it says, you know, he's on a two-year contract. If he doesn't do that well, then he won't. The contract won't be renewed. It'll be given to someone else. If he does a job, then he might secure his place for the Rugby World Cup. I agree, but what I would say is he's naive to think he he didn't need to make changes yeah. because you're going off a World Cup where we, before the World Cup, looked a bit shaky, in the World Cup looked a bit shaky, uh, good good match against Ireland and then fell off a cliff against England with no answers. No. No answers. We knew that game was coming for a long time. We had no answers. So opposition are going to go, okay, if you want to beat the All Blacks, play like England. Yeah. And people are. And therefore, we're struggling. So we needed to make changes, 100%. Do I think that he played it safe because he wanted to keep a contract? Yeah. No. Mm. I think he played it safe because he, he doesn't know He doesn't what, know how to express himself. What to change, mm. when to change it, what players to pick. You know, let's be honest. The picking, the selection of the side has been bizarre at times. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So each week we go, what? Yeah, and yeah. You know, each week we go, well, he obviously likes certain players. Yes. He obviously doesn't like other players. Then he's never given Lamar Pay a run. No. He loves Geordie Barrett. And, and he, let's be honest, Geordie Barrett's a great player. He's he a really good player. He's played really well for Super Rugby. I know we take the mick a lot about Geordie Barrett. He's a really good player. But he he's has n- been an not, interesting choice playing on the wing. Yeah, he's not a winger. Bowden Barrett playing at 15 is interesting. You've got, you know, he playing Rico at 13 and he doesn't play Rico. At and drops he plays him. him on the wing. You know, I just think, you know, make your mind up. Give yeah. people an opportunity to grow yeah. and flourish. You know, he's Richie Mwanga's playing at 10 and then he makes Bowden Barrett play at 10 and it all falls yeah. apart. But it's just a bit... But anyway. then he, again, he doesn't give him a chance. You know, he, he changes it straight away. No. Absolutely. 
Mate, we're almost at the end of the podcast, we but are. we are going to finish with a new How segment. How long have we been going for? Been going for an age, I feel. Well, mate, it's one hour and two minutes. Oh, it's just been an age looking at your face. <laughs> too long, too long. Right, what's our segment? Our segment is, where are they now? Where are they now? That could we, be a, you know, we should, you should sing it. Go sing it. No, you, you've just sung it. And it was horrible. It was almost as good as my joke earlier. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> so we're going to have a where are they now off. Uh, we take two interesting players from the past and we tell you where they are now. Okay? Yes. Certain players are off limits because of dodgy pasts um, or whatever. But uh, we would like you to tell us who had the best where are they now oh. on our Twitter What's yours? Well, no, you go first. Why me? Because Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. One, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. I hate that. Okay. Okay, you I go have first. got Josh Cronfeld. Love it. Yep. So this bloke, um, he was born in Hastings at Hawke's Bay. So yep. North Island, East Coast, just below where I'm. Where I live, or used to live, he went to Hastings Boys High School, uh, and then went to down to Dunedin, and uh, he did physical education at Otago. He got in with the Highlanders, so Otago Highlanders, and then he uh, played for Leicester at first class level. Mm-hmm. So he moved to Leicester after the All Blacks. Uh, he played 56 games for the All Blacks, 54 test caps, uh, including appearances in the 95 and 99 World Cups. Lost both of those, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Uh, open side flanker. But to answer the question, where is he now? He is a TV presenter. Right. Okay. Part-time, part-time. 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 Part-time dad. Part-time dad, yep. yep. Um, but he is all. He returned to the University of Otago yep. and did physiotherapy. Yeah, I knew that. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's currently a physiotherapist. I like that. Yep. I like that. I'm not sure if he's in with a team, but I don't think so. He'd be so laid back, eh? I wouldn't yeah. want to go see Josh Cromfeld if I wanted to recover from something. Because it hurt you. He'd be like, just come back next week for a yarn. <laughs> no, nah, what a player. Yeah. I didn't think there could be a better seven and then Richard McCaw turned up. I think, honestly, Josh Cromfeld would have been held. He was half man, half machine. I had yeah. a t-shirt with him on my chest. Did you? His face, yeah. Well, I just think that if Richie McCaw hadn't come along, he would have been folk hero status yeah. for years to come. And then... Richie comes in and sort of spoils his party. Well, 100% spoiled the party. Yeah. So without Richie McCall, we would hear a lot more about Josh Cronfeld. He was a heck of a player. But not as good as David Campisi. I knew you were going to do something like that. Now, did you know David Campisi? I did. Played 101 (laughs) test matches for his country. I did know that, actually. He was the first man in Australia's to history to play 101 tests wow, for his country. Wow, the first person? First Australian. 
Okay, sorry. Okay. Australian man. He played 15 years for wow. Australia. How how old was he when he made his test debut? He was 19 years of age. Yeah, I'm pulling that out of somewhere. No, mate. I'm, I'm, how old was he when he finished? 45. <laughs> <laughs> So he's played 101 test matches. I'm going to go through this. Um, 64 tries, which is a heck of a world record try scorer at 64. He won the World Cup twice, mate. Did he? Yeah, that's not bad, eh? 91 and 99. 91 and 99, yeah. What a player. Um, but the really interesting thing was, is or is, is that he started playing rugby league... And who for? Uh, no, no, he started playing when he was at school. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he played rugby league when he was what at school. Where did he go to? I can't. I don't know, mate. And he then obviously got into rugby union. Yeah, and then he had the very close run in to potentially go back and play rugby league. Oh, wow! And he turned it down. And just think back in those days, rugby league was playing. Paying the big bucks. Yeah, it was huge. And rugby was paying no bucks. So for him to, you know, to stick around was, was pretty pretty impressive. So what does he do now for a crust? He runs the David Campisi Academy. Does he? Yeah, and he goes in and he does lots of coaching clinics in schools all around the world. Okay. He has done uh, work... In South Africa with the Natal Sharks. He was one year director of Northwood Boys High School in South Africa. He's consulted the Tongan Sevens team, uh, the Malaysian uh, Hong, Hong Kong Juniors rugby he's been involved in. Uh, he's obviously done a lot of stuff in Singapore. Uh, he's coached the national team there. He's done the Murray Mexted International Academy He's coached in Japan over the last 10 years. Wow. But he currently he does doing, doing lots and lots of coaching where, you know, you can go and get one-on-one sessions with them. Okay. You can go get, you know, like a school session with them. Yeah. But, um, you know, he does pretty well, sells little schools and drills online, must do okay out of it. And then I'm does sure the does every okay. now and then does the odd TV appearance as well. He's good. It's good. So who was more impressive? Me. I think... You had a lot of useless information. Useless <laughs> information. I'm full of that. <laughs> uh, so did I. I think <laughs> the, the, the end the story of physio was more interesting. I would give you this week's. Thank I think if you. it goes on who's a bigger star... Me. Yeah, but it's not on there, is it? Right, but I think... What's the question? Where are they now? Yes, not how big of a star were they? Come on, mate. You need to sort your stuff out, eh? And I, I did struggle to find people that weren't involved in rugby. And I like the fact that yeah, he's now... Well, he might still be involved in rugby, yes, but, he's, but, but not, he's, you know, he's still just a physio. Yes. I like that he's had a changing career. Well, he's not just a physio. He's a physio. Yeah, he's a physio, yeah. And physio is damn hard to get. Yeah. You know, it's a big, long course, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, mate, that's the end of the potty for I'm the week. I'm glad I don't have to sit next to you for much longer now. I love this. This is the best part of my week, sitting next to you, having a yarn about rugby. 
<laughs> Beautiful. As right. always, it's been a pleasure. Until next week, sayonara. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.